I am going to continue on with our story for the children, all you boys and girls, entitled The Secret of Paradise Cove. Now again, I've got my little trusty pirate cap here, and you remember when I'm faced this way and you can kind of see the the pirate symbol there, that's when I'm playing the pirate, but when I'm turned this way, that's when I am playing the Commodore or someone on his ship, okay? And that's going to be important as we go through this story, okay? Awesome. Again, because there's so much dialogue going back and forth, I just can't memorize that much. You're going to bear with me. Pirates don't wear glasses like this, but this guy's going to do that, all right, because I need to be able to read. Wonderful. All right, so let's get into this. Are you ready? I'm going to put my cap on here and hope it doesn't fall off. Wonderful. Okay. As smoke began to clear, it was evident the British galleon ship was disabled. The pirates quickly boarded. The merchants sought to fought back, but too many of them had been wounded. Captain Avery Scott's pirate crew easily secured victory. They soon began to unload all of the huge treasure aboard. When almost done loading, Captain Scott, another British galleon, a starboard, sir, about two miles, a vast Cortez, leave the rest of the plunder and let her sink with it. We're going to need to make a run for it. Pull the planks and cut the ropes to the ship and set sail, you vermin. Look alive. Commodore, it's the Phantom. She scuttled the Marquis, sir. Give me some speed, men. She'll not escape us today. She's making a run for it, sir. Well, stay with her then. This time, we fight. I wish there was an easier way to swivel on this stool. Sorry, guys. I'm afraid she's gaining on us, Captain. May I suggest we heave to and fight? Cortez, I want all guns ready now. They're readied as you speak, sir. Now, in an exchange of cannon fire, the foremast of the Commodore's ship was badly damaged. Commodore! If she disengages the battle and makes a run for it, we won't be able to keep up with her, sir. Lieutenant, what damage has the Phantom sustained? Little, sir. A hole through the main mast, but little to slower. Well, pull to starboard. I want my guns on her helm. If she can't steer, that'll force her to stay in the fight. But if she runs, Captain, Commodore, you have my orders, Lieutenant. Within a minute... Are my guns, whoops, I'm turned this way, sorry. Are my guns set, Lieutenant? They are now, sir. Well, then fire them. Aboard the Phantom. Captain, they've turned, and boom, suddenly, cannons firing smoke, filling up the distance between each ship. Most of the shots either flew over the helm or into the sea behind the pirate ship. One lone shot, however, crossed the helm, splintering the railing and sending wood flying everywhere. 
many, including Captain Avery Scott himself, are sent to the deck by the sheer force of the head. Cortez says, Captain, let me help you out, sir. The captain didn't respond right away and spent a moment on his hands and knees. Cortez lifted him to his feet only to reveal the captain had been harpooned by a stray splintered rail deep into his side. Cortez, <coughs> take the helm. Have Nolan help me to my cabin and send me the surgeon. I captain. Noland, that's my order, sailor. After the seaman, Noland helped the captain to his cabin just below the helm and laid him in his bed. Captain Scott held his arm as Noland turned to leave. <coughs> Jonathan, laddie, stay a moment. I, captain. Jonathan, me boy, you know I've cared for you these, what, ten years. You've been as a son to me. <coughs> Fetch the small metal box atop me desk. Yes, yes, there, laddie. Its contents are yours. You see the small letter atop. Read it carefully. <coughs> it, it explains everything. I've kept it for you, son, all of it. The Jonathan quickly read the letter. Your fortune, sir. But I, I don't understand. Come, come closer, lad. The surgeon will be here soon. I fear he can do little for me. Captain, sir, no, certainly he can save you. There's still time. You'll see he, no. Jonathan, I fear this is it. The men will take my share of the plunder if we make it. But this, no, this is yours. At that, the surgeon entered with his assistant, asking Jonathan for the room. He quickly took to the deck where he would be needed most. Juarez! Juarez, lead us into that storm off port side, Cortez, the first mate says. But sir, she's a big one. Just follow my orders, Juarez. Take us into the storm. Aye, sir. The cannons failed to disable her commodore. We'll follow her nevertheless. But it appears she's heading into the storm, sir. By the looks of it, we dare not follow her. Then we chase her into it and let God serve her justice, lieutenant. We turn away one mile from the storm. Yes, sir, as you wish. with the sounds of a storm raging around them. Sir, the winds are beginning to tear the sails. She's too strong for us. We need to pull out, sir. Juarez, veer toward that island. Stay close to it. But sir, it's got rocky shoals. This wind will make it hard to navigate around them. Stay close to the island, Juarez. But sir, Juarez, stay close. Those are your orders. As the phantom, under the new leadership of her first mate, neared the north side of the island, the rudder hit a large rock, breaking it and rendering it useless. Without the ability to steer, 
The pirate ship was at the mercy of the raging storm. As they sought to drop anchor, a sudden and furious gale drove the ship against a, against a coral reef that lay just below the surface of the water. As the crew sought to free their ship from the rigid grip of the reef, they lost their moment to save themselves. The phantom quickly took on water and sunk into the depths. Free from the reef, yes. Free from Davy Jones' locker, they were not. All went down with the ship. All, that is, but one. One who managed to swim ashore on a bow plank. One by the name of Jonathan Noland. Now, as Caleb was in Mr. Jim Stevenson's study, reading the book, The Real Stories of the Pirates of the Caribbean, specifically on Captain Avery Scott, the last chapter in that book, as he opened it and was reading, a piece of paper fell out, and he opened it up, and he began to read. <clears throat> My dear Jonathan, though through some misfortune that I have never discovered, you were want of both mother and father. I took you as my own, caring for you as none other. Wanting of children myself and my beloved wife passing in her prime, I alone gave to you as one could, while never coveting the suspicions of my crew. For such reason I write to you, for th let this letter never be discovered by others and thereby permit jealousies to arise. Such may become your undoing. Herein I bequeath to you my entire life savings. All is yours. Again, speak of it to no one. To ensure its safe transmission to your keep, I include this clue that none other than you might discover its location. I love you, son, and entrust these secured holdings now into your wise care. Affectionately yours, Captain Avery Scott. And as Caleb turned the page over, there was the riddle. Neath the lighthouse at shore's end, where summer sun's rays begin to bend and shine through sea and sail to lend a view to riches without end. He thought about it, read it for one, one more time. Neath the lighthouse at shore's end, where summer sun's rays begin to bend and shine through sea and sail to lend a view to riches without end. Hmm, who is this Jonathan? He looks like he inherited all of Captain Avery Scott's fortune. I mean, assuming he found it. But why would it be in this book? Unless this is his book. And this is the island with the lighthouse. Hmm. I wonder if he ever discovered it, the treasure. Oh, I, I'm, I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. But I wonder. Now, while Caleb was in the study, Mr. Stevenson's study, 
The rest of the counselors and kids were playing a game of soccer on the soccer field. And I tell you what, those kids from the, from the orphanage knew how to play soccer. Two of them, 13-year-olds, twins on opposite sides, got into a fight. And I mean a brawl, a fist fight. David had to run over and break it up and pull them out of the game as the game continued. David asked them, guys, why did you do this? Lewis said, I had the ball and he gave me a cheap shoulder shot and kicked my leg. Miguel said, yeah, well, you saw him. He punched me in the gut. So I hit him back. It's his fault. He started it. Look, hold on, guys. There's some pretty serious anger issues here between you two. Well, look, he started it and the other shot back. Did not, did too, did not, did... Well, you understand what I'm getting at there. Guys, guys, listen. I need to share something with you. You each wanted something good. A score a point, win the game. But you see, you each did something wrong in order to get it. You may have wanted to score a point or win the game, but you hit or tripped the other guy in order to get it. Why? Because you were angry. I get that. But let me ask you, Miguel, did you get what you wanted with your anger? Luis, did you get what you wanted with your anger? And they both shrugged their shoulders and shook their heads. No. No, of course not, because anger never gets what you want. It doesn't help you. It actually destroys, and it works against you. So here's my point. Guys, your anger, it needs to be transformed. You need to be able to get rid of it so you don't hit or trip, but instead you actually try harder. That's your goal. To score the point, win the game, you've got to try harder and think differently. But here's the key. Now listen to me, guys. And I'm going to be sharing with this, and Caleb is going to be sharing this point throughout our camp. But there is only one way that that anger of yours is going to be transformed. It's going to be changed, or that you're able to get rid of it. Here's the key. Jesus is the one who's got to do it. He's the one that's got to help you. So the next time you get angry on that soccer field and maybe you bump one another or trip one another, instead of getting into a fist fight, I want you to, number one, ask, what do you want? And is my anger really going to get it? And then at that point, you realize it's not. Ask yourself this, then how am I going to get that goal if it's not anger? And just pray a real quick prayer. You're out there on the soccer field. I get it. You, 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 don't, you can't just step on the sideline and, and pray a three-minute prayer. You've got to pray it in seconds, but ask Jesus to help you. You're angry, and the anger wants to control you, but Jesus can help you. And as both of them looked up at him with kind of sheepish faces, they nodded their head in agreement and went back on the field. Well, boys and girls, I want to ask you this question. Have you ever gotten angry? Of course you have. I'm your pastor, and I've gotten angry, especially when I was a kid, though. And that anger, it controlled my life. 
I want to read something to you, okay? It's not going to be long. I've just got less than a minute left. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you, things that you want? You want something, but don't get it. You kill and covet. Okay, guys, so maybe you're not killing, but we do covet. We do want things that aren't ours, right? But you cannot have what you want. You quarrel. That means you argue and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. And when you ask, you don't receive because you ask with wrong motives. That you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Every single one of you kids, and us moms and dads and singles out there, we wrestle with anger. But you know what? Anger never gets what we want. Not ever, ever, ever. Next time you're angry and you want to get something and and use your anger, let Jesus transform your anger. Just pray, Jesus, right now, help me. And I'm going to tell you what, you do that enough. God is going to step in over and over and over, and he's going to help you get rid of that anger. Anger never works, but Jesus does. Okay? Can you receive that, kids? Little principle, tuck away, pull it out for later. Awesome.